This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, winning Woodbine trainer Kevin Attar joins us today. We are very excited. Kevin is fresh off of what might be called a career year in 2022 that included a huge victory by his Moira in the Queen's Plate. This past Thursday night, Moira won the Sovereign Award for Canadian Horse of the Year. She was also named three-year-old filly of 2022, and the Kevin Attard-trained Philip My Dear won the Sovereign Male two-year-old. Kevin will join us in a moment to talk about another great meet as Woodbine's 2023 season opens next Saturday. He'll also update us on his champion Moira as she returns as a four-year-old this year and oh so much more. Ken Middleton is Woodbine Mohawk Park's race announcer. He's also our guest today on Ponies 24-7. Ken will talk about the Mohawk standard red meet currently underway and bring us up to speed when it comes to the new not-for-profit organization that promotes Ontario harness racing. Ken is part of the newly formed Bill Galvin Racing Alliance, whose mission is to work together to create and encourage partnerships and programs that will promote and grow harness racing by bringing the general public together with the racing community. Soon-to-be friend of the show, Woodbine jockey Sky Chernets joins us. Sky is the daughter of one of the first female jockeys in Canada, kind of runs in the family. Sky has become a globe-trotting explorer of sorts in the past five years. This off-season, she traveled to Thailand, a trip that naturally included a day of thoroughbred racing. The lovely and talented, outgoing and adventurous Sky Chernets is our guest on today's show, and I have one thing to say to her, the sky's the limit. And finally, he's back. My co-host, Larry Simpson, will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American racetracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a fabulous show, just fantastic, so please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready for some heavy-duty action today. When we return, Larry Simpson will join us as we introduce a new feature called In Case You Missed It. Ponies 24-7's recap of the week. It was in horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and a new Ponies 24-7 feature, in case you missed it, a look at the week it was in horse racing news. Larry. Hi, how are you? Great and better for seeing you. And guess who we've got on the line? This is what we call breaking news in horse racing, but also in the world of the media. This is the biggest news. Jim Lawson announced just this past Tuesday that he will be stepping down as CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. Incredible news. It is. And uh, let's get right in. We've got uh, Jim here. So, uh, hi, Jim. How are you? (laughs) Hey, guys. Great to be on with you again. Thanks for having me on today. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, you made the announcement this week, and I guess it maybe shocked a lot of people, including myself. Uh, uh, what was the thinking, and you know, was this something that you were thinking about for a while? I think my wife said to me yesterday, there's, there's been a lot of noise about you leaving. She said it doesn't feel like it to me because I've known about it for a couple of years. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I always targeted, uh, in my mind at least, the 65th birthday, uh, which is in August. I spoke to the board about it uh, a year and a half ago, and uh, it, it just felt like uh, the time was right in terms of uh, the, the tenure of the CEO and, and what how many years is right, and it's time to bring in some fresh people. And I'm at a stage in my life where I really do want to step back and, and relax a little more and spend time with my family, and, and everything signaled that it was the right time to do it. And you'll be handing over the reins, and this will happen in the fall. You don't have an exact date yet, but... Why now make the announcement? Why wait until the fall to actually enact what you've decided to do? Well, I think that it's important uh, to have a transition period. Um, there, in, in fairness, and uh, I mean, even though it was a, a surprise in many circles, I hadn't uh, been shy about it with the senior management team that I was uh, looking to, to step back and, and spend less time. And uh, more than anything, for me, it was let's let's let everyone know this this isn't fair that, uh, you know, I know I'm leaving and they don't know I'm leaving. And it, it just felt like the right time to do it. And, and then we can do some planning uh, around it. Uh, the, we have a succession committee that's been working hard, actually, since the end of last year on uh, on a successor CEO. And uh, this is going to give me some time, uh, even though I do expect to continue with the corporation in, in some capacity. This is going to uh, give some time for everyone to uh, get used to the transition and, and, and help and have me there to help with the transition. And that was my next question, Jim. You're not just disappearing. You're still going to be involved in, in a few aspects, including... Well, you own some horses, and you, you breed some horses, and I'm, I'm sure you're still going to be around, uh, you know, on the corporate level with Woodbine, right? That's the expectation that I, I will be involved. Of, of course, I'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that uh, 
a new CEO doesn't want Jim Lawson looking over his or her shoulder uh, all the time. And uh, you've got to respect that. And I will respect that. So I need to be careful how I involved. I'm very comfortable that I that I will build a trusting relationship with a new CEO and I won't overstep. And uh, I'm looking forward to the relationship and looking forward to staying involved. And uh, but I will uh, I will be totally respectful because it's not always the best governance structure to have a, a former CEO involved as, as maybe the board wants me to be. You know, you've been CEO since 2015. And a lot has happened during your tenure. In fact, Woodbine has become a multidimensional organization. Of what are you most proud so far that you've accomplished in those years that you've been CEO? Well, a couple of things. Um, number one, um, this industry was in terrible straits in, in, uh, after I, I took over as executive chair in 2013. And that was about the time, uh, coincident with the slots at racetrack program falling apart. And uh, you know, I spent years <laughs> working directly with the Ministry of Finance and the OLG to try and put this industry on a firm footing. And it was um, it was a lot of hard work. And if I had a stressful time in my career, other than my early days at Davies Warden back in Toronto, where I had mm. to pull all nighters at the law firm, I. Uh, that was a stressful period, uh, knowing that a lot of the industry in Ontario was depending on, really, on Woodbine to to be that foundation. And as it turned out, the government uh, came around, and, and uh, there's a model in place that I, I don't think people understand. It's not necessarily the model that Woodbine wanted, um, with with the almost the entire economics of the industry falling on the backs of Woodbine. But I I, I can say that that is probably the number one accomplishment to come out of that very, very grim period from 2013 to 2018 with a with a funding agreement that sets the industry up for 20 years. And, and then internally, I, I would say that when I joined the board, it was a very hierarchical place. It was uh, um, a very poor culture, and um, we spent years working with outside counselors and stressing the importance of good values and communication and, and we transformed the culture at Woodbine. It's a, it's a happy place to work now. And uh, that feels very good. And it's something culturally uh, people talk about it, but it's something that is very tangible. So um, I uh, I'm very proud of, of, of the way that Woodbine has transformed itself culturally. Well, Jim, on behalf of uh, myself and, and, Anne, I want to thank you for, you know, being available all the time on the show and uh, I'm sure even next after next fall we'll have you on again you know but uh, you know thanks for I hope so and maybe before <laughs> yeah oh, well I'm yeah sure. oh I'm sure <laughs> yeah and uh, I enjoy I enjoy the discussion because you know that that's part of what we just talked about I I, I, I do think uh, you know the the toughest part about being at Woodbine at times is is uh, is ensuring understand what's going on and i know we get a lot of criticism for it but it's it's shows like this that i really do get an opportunity to speak up and tell people what's going on and and uh there we we owe that to, to the community and and i get that and uh, 
there's not always the opportunities, and that's why we started those Stronger Together sessions and, and, and the like in the industry. And, and this is important to be able to get out and, and, and tell the horse community what's going on. And your vision for Woodbine, past, present, and future, outstanding, Jim. Yeah, listen, I, I think that, uh, again, we have put a lot of emphasis on trying to generate alternative sources of revenue. As good as that funding agreement is for the next 17 years or thereabouts, it's a finite set of money. And all around us, uh, New York and in uh, Kentucky in particular, purses are going up. New Jersey, they're going up, um, somewhat uh, related to sports betting. And, and our focus, in addition to that funding agreement, is to try and generate alternative sources of revenue. And that's why all the work related to real estate development, uh, the 700 acres of land is, is a jewel asset that can benefit the horse racing community throughout Ontario. And then secondly, you know, we've been working very hard and I'm still quite optimistic that we as a horse racing industry can play a significant role in the new sports betting sector in Ontario. And I see that I see that coming over the next few months, and that also will be a big boost to add a a revenue source that uh, we didn't expect three or five years ago. Jim, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me on. I always enjoy it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Jim Lawson, CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, stepping down in the fall. And that's in case you missed it on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are so pleased to be joined right now by a friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Kevin Attard, who just this past Thursday night saw two of his horses, Moira and Philip, my dear, honored with three sovereign awards. Kevin, congratulations. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on again. Well, let's get right into the sovereigns, uh, Kevin. Uh, you had a few horses nominated in a few of the divisions in that uh, were there any surprises that, uh, you know, some, maybe a couple of your horses didn't get the, the final trophies? I, I think the horses actually kind of panned out, uh, you know I mean, as is. Obviously, last call in, uh, in her category, it, you know, um, Kyra Concert uh, ran third in the Breeders' Cup, so I think that kind of garnered her a lot of attention. At the same token, you know, last call was, the, was a grade one winner, and not too many two-year-olds can kind of have claim to that so um you know that was probably the the only one that i thought could kind of maybe go either way a uh, little kind of also surprise in the owner category to be honest i thought uh thought uh you know, between x-men or even alan bill uh, welling would have had a chance but uh bruno shikadans ended up being the winner there um, another close count too. I think it was you know, seven votes separated uh, the top two. Let's talk about Moira. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, she won the Sovereign Award for Canadian Horse of the Year. What an incredible horse. Can you describe her to us? Yeah, she's definitely a wonderful horse. Just happy to be a part of, um, you know, I mean, obviously my first Queen's Plate winner. You know, she's a quirky little filly. Uh, obviously <laughs> has her own kind of uh, little temperament as uh, was a put on display in the uh, in Canadian Oaks. But, you know, around the barn, she's just an angel. Like, she's, you know, she's very quiet, uh, does her job, very professional. On race day, though, she just becomes a different animal. She's just all business, and I think that's part of uh, why she's such a great racehorse. And you were up for Trainer of the Year, and you lost a, a close vote to uh, another friend of the show, Mark Cassie. And I guess you could say there's a little bit of a friendly rivalry going on between you guys. Now, I remember back in the day, in the days of Greenwood, and you probably remember that too, there was, you know, jockey rivalries and, and trainer rivalries, and they were all friendly. 
But they help to, I think, attract fan support in that too. Would you agree that something like this maybe might attract a few new fans for Woodbine? It's possible. You know, I mean, obviously, Mark's a great trainer. He's uh, had a fantastic run. I've never been shy to, you know, I mean, proclaim that I want to be the one that dethrones him, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I have a lot of respect and admiration for what he does. Uh, he runs a big operation, a very successful operation, and, and it's trainers like him that will make me strive to be better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, each year after the Sovereign Awards and after becoming a bridesmaid, uh, you know, each year for, to him, it just kind of makes me want to kind of get back to the drawing board and uh, find a way where I beat him and uh, take that title of uh, Sovereign Award trainer. And be a bride next year. That's right. <laughs> Tired so, of catching the bouquet. <laughs> it, it sounds like you both, though, are very, very much gentlemen. And so what has been his response each time that he has beaten you? You know, Mark, uh, you know, I mean, Mark went on record actually during the summertime, you know, I mean, kind of, you know, stating the fact that I was having a good year. And, uh, I mean, he thought at that point of the season uh, that I had a strong uh, possibility of, of winning the Sovereign Award, right? I respected that a lot. I appreciated a lot, that a lot coming from a trainer of his significance, obviously, right? So that uh, I thought that was a pretty class act of him to just kind of say publicly. Um, you know, Mark, he had a, obviously a strong, strong campaign again. He, you know, he has... Uh, great stock obviously a great staff behind him as well and uh, he's deserving of, of winning it too it's just it's a numbers game i guess and you know i mean he has the numbers and and uh you know he he does he does well with them so uh in some way i gotta figure out uh you know how to beat him and uh we're gonna try we just keep trying every year absolutely yeah well you've got some numbers uh this year kevin let's talk about some of your horses for the 2023 you got a horse by the name of Velocitor who won the coronation, and a filly by the name of uh, Fashionably Fab, owned by the Terra Farm, who won the uh, Shadywell Stakes. Uh, talk about them, and, and of course, you've got Last Call back and, and Moira. What kind of season do you think it's going to be? On paper, you know, we have. Uh we have a roster of good horses, I think, and very excited. I think this is the strongest contingent I've had. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of getting the season underway. Obviously, you mentioned Velocitor, a very nice colt, won the coronation. I mean, we're, we're hoping to kind of get him to the King's Plate. The Fashion Be Fab had a wonderful kind of campaign last year as well. She's, I think, uh, probably one of my leading Oaks candidates uh, for this season. So hoping that she'll stretch out, you know, the Terra ownership group has been a big supporter for, with me for a long, long time. And like to see them being kind of successful in those big, obviously Canadian bred races, they breed their own horses as well. Uh, so, I mean, we're excited. Uh, we've got a lot of young uh, upcoming uh, babies that look promising, have great pedigrees to them. And uh, some are homebred, some are purchased through the sale. So, uh, you know, with a little bit of luck on our side, hopefully things go good. And how does Philip, my dear, factor into all of this? I think Philip, my dear, is a very nice horse. You know, he had a great campaign last year. Obviously, he was voted champion two-year-old on Thursday night. One of my main contenders, I think, for the Kings Plate as well. I think the distance, he'll flourish. Um, you know, excited about him. I, I you know, he can't say enough about him. I was doing some research, and, and you've been on the show quite a bit, Kevin, and uh, you're a good friend of the show, but talk about a horse by the name of Fozzie Bear and what that meant to your career. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, 1986, obviously uh, my dad's first good horse, really, uh, first stake winner. You know, he went undefeated. I think it was six for six that year. Those were actually the first sovereign awards I attended. 
because that year my dad had, uh, was a, a, a trainer in the category and Fozzie Bear was a juvenile uh, category. Uh, and both him and my dad kind of did not come, came out, I guess, empty handed. And, you know, I mean, I think it was at that time where I vowed that one day I would uh, get that trainer award. And, uh, you know, I mean, still working on it, still hoping <laughs> to get there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, that horse obviously had uh, very fond memories and, I remember him, you know, I mean, vividly as a kid, and you know, it's, horses like that are hard to come by. Let's talk about the new season. So, one week from today, the 2023 Woodbine season opens. That's pretty exciting. And what are your plans between now and then? Give us a rundown of what you have to do in order to make this a spectacular start to the season. There's a lot of preparation that goes involved in kind of getting them ready. Obviously, you know, some horses wintered here in Canada. Some horses um, um, were south, either Kentucky or Florida. Every day, just kind of preparing them and, and working them, extending their works, trying to get the, their fitness back up to, to racing conditions. Um, obviously, you know, being up here, sometimes the weather has an impact on that. And, uh, you know, things are going pretty good. Really excited to kind of, you know, I mean, we're a week away from racing now, so we're kind of, you know, I mean, getting anticipated for a, a good season. And how many stalls have you got, Kevin? Uh, we've got uh, 70 horses here in training now. So, wow. <laughs> And I know that you are continuing to receive horses from everywhere. And so what's that like in order to get everybody sort of settled in their stalls and, and back into a training routine that is more on the woodbine side of things as opposed to wherever else the horses have been? How do you acclimate them back into the system? Uh, a lot of the older horses that are coming back in, they t- typically go back into their old stalls, and it's just <laughs> kind of almost routine for them. It's almost like you traveling and kind of going, just looking forward to get back to your own bed. Wow. Uh, the new horses, obviously, it's just getting to know them, getting to kind of recognize their faces and putting names to their faces. For me, um, just putting their kind of, you know, the little quirks that they may have and and kind of just getting to know them on a daily basis like that. But for the most part, these horses, you know, I mean, they're used to traveling. They're used to kind of, moving around a little bit and for the most part they kind of take it to it pretty well and i'm sure everybody wants to know what's the plan with moira ah right now she just kind of had her uh first work here uh, uh tomorrow we plan on working her again and uh, just kind of getting her ready from that point of view and uh our first race really hasn't been kind of etched out in stone but uh hopefully it'll be here with mine and uh fans will get a chance to see her so it's the goal to get her to the like the breeders cup is that the goal? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely okay. want to get back there with her. Obviously, try to win a Grade One and and uh, and hopefully uh, see her back racing uh, the following year as well. We're keeping a close eye on the road to the King's Plate, but we also keep a very close eye on the road to the Kentucky Derby. What have you seen, and what have your thoughts been for this year's road to the big one? Um, obviously, uh, the Todd Fletcher horse. Uh, his name slipped my mind right now. That won the Florida Derby. He's been pretty impressive. Uh, I, you know, I think right now uh, he'd be my pick. Would that be Forte? Forte, correct. Yes, That's yeah, right. Yeah. He's a nice horse. He's a nice horse, but uh, but he was know. a little odd in the Florida Derby. He he kind of meandered out. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't exactly the way people expected him to run. They're young still. You know, they're still learning the game. Uh, you know, I. Uh, Obviously, I think he's uh, he's managed by a great trainer, and I think he'll have him primed and ready for uh, for that day. So, besides winning trainer of the year next year, 
What are some of your other goals? Uh, obviously, getting to the Breeders' Cup, that's a big thing. You know, want to, uh, you know, want to try to win that. But uh, locally, I, I would like to win the King's Plate this year. Uh, obviously, I think it would be a pretty cool accolade to kind of say we won the, the last King, uh, Queen's Plate and the first King's Plate. So something I'm kind of striving to do and hope to make history in that sense. We have everything crossed possible. <laughs> our eyes, our legs, our toes. Uh, just, be- <laughs> just, before we, just before we let you go, we just spoke with uh, Jim Lawson, CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. He announced earlier this week that he's going to be retiring, stepping down as CEO in the fall. What does that mean to you? Yeah, Jim's obviously been an integral part of Woodbine. Obviously, Woodbine has gone through uh, an extensive overhaul, and and a lot of that is Jim's vision. And uh, I mean, I'm sure he, uh, you know, he's he has horse racing uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, and everything kind of that all the construction with the casino and the hotel, uh, sports, sports gambling, uh, possibly the uh, train station as well. Uh, coming up is all to kind of better horse racing here in Ontario uh, and make Woodbine a marquee place. You know, Woodbine's are, to me is a, is a, one of the best places to train a horse in North America, and uh, hopefully that'll continue. And, uh, you know, it's sad to see Jim go, but obviously uh, he wants to enjoy some time with his family, and uh, nobody can blame him for that. Well, it's trainers like you that uh, make Woodbine Kevin. So uh, thanks for doing this interview again, and good luck in 2023. And good luck getting that sovereign for a trainer of the year next year. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And when we come back, Woodbine Mohawk Park announcer Ken Middleton joins us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Meadowlands Championship Meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 15th. And on Saturday, August 5th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the big games exciting harness racing through your HPI Bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. 
We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Ken Middleton, joins us today. Ken is a volunteer director of the newly formed Bill Galvin Racing Alliance. It's a nonprofit organization named after the late horse racing promoter and Hall of Famer. Ken, great to have you with us on Ponies 24-7. Oh, great to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, and we've got a, a great topic to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, it is a great topic, and it's something that's, as you know, is close to me as well. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about it. Where where did the idea originally come from, Ken? Um, the the idea originally came from uh, another wonderful lady who we lost last summer. Um, she passed away, and her sister Karen Hover, uh, her name was Brenda Lennox. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they wanted to do something to honor Bill and his legacy because he he made su- such a great impact on the sport and not just the sport but people in general. He, he was just a, uh, a down to earth, salt of the earth uh, guy. You could have a conversation with about popsicles to you know rocket ships, anything. He knew a little bit about everything. He was just a well rounded, likable guy. Um, and so they talked about um, putting together something which we now have created and. Uh, you know, we're just, it's in its infancy, so we're, we're learning as we go, but we just, uh, we just want to do Bill justice. He was such a great guy. He did so much for the sport, and uh, he wanted nothing for it. He just wanted to promote the sport of harness racing, which was fantastic. And what exactly is the purpose, the mandate of the Bill Galvin Racing Alliance? Well, Bill was always fond of um, reaching out to the youth, um, so he created a number of different contests, uh, literacy contests, um, writing, uh, artistic stuff, uh, as well. So that's what we're going to start with is we're going to host four contests, bringing youth over to horse racing, uh, getting them to, uh, use their skills to either draw, uh, things about horses, write about horses, do videos about horses, uh, and photography of horses. So challenging them to reach out and use your, their artistic abilities to uh, also bring awareness to our sport. And it brings them over to our sport, too, so they have a chance to learn a little bit more about it. So when we came on, uh, we mentioned that uh, there's five volunteer directors, yourself and four others. Uh, who are the other ones? Karen Hover, who, again, is the daughter of the, the late great horseman Keith Waples. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, it was her sister. Uh, Brenda Lennox, who passed away last summer, she would have had her sleeves rolled up and being a part of the process, too. Uh, Kathy Wade Villar from Standardbird Canada, who uh, I'm sure you've had many dealings with Larry over the years. Right. Um, Jane Ballore, uh, another longtime horsewoman, uh, great friends with Bill and a great asset to harness racing. And Brenda Lothman, so she would be a granddaughter of Keith Waples. She was the late Brenda Lennox's daughter, and she's the uh, niece of Karen Hover, who's really spearheaded this project. We can't thank her enough. That's fantastic. And why promote Ontario harness racing? Why does it need it? 
I think every sport needs it. You have to reinvent sometimes, um, try different things. It's it's so important to get people involved at a young age um, on different levels. And we're fortunate in the sense that we've got a beautiful creature, uh, the Majestic Horse. It's hard not to love them. People that have a chance like me on a daily basis to interact with them and stuff like that, for me, it's a stress reliever. It takes my mind off other things. I just love the interaction and the time I get to spend with them. And kids are the same. Kids love animals um, and horses are hard not to love. And what I knew of Bill and from working with him and for him and that he was always striving to find a creative way to introduce people to harness racing, right? So this this whole alliance idea is basically just a continuation of, of his, uh, his initiatives, correct? Exactly. He, there's already been... Uh, uh, precedent set with regards to some of the events, uh, the Literacy Derby, for example. Uh, Bill went around, he canvassed people uh, to see if they'd be interested in helping support it, get it off the ground, be it through fundraising or donations or just assistance, you know, with getting the word out or help with some of the legwork and stuff like that. So basically, we're following along with some of the things that he's already set in motion. We have to thank his family too because we we wanted to do uh, we wanted to do Bill justice. We wanted to honor him properly and stuff like that. And they were on board as soon as they heard about it. So yeah, it's just wonderful to be able to keep his legacy going and some of these projects that he got rolling initially. It's in its infancy. These are baby steps, but they're big, bold steps. What is your vision for the future for the alliance? Well, hopefully, we can reach out and do. Um, more projects. Uh, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants mm-hmm. here to get it going. There have been talks about other projects and stuff like that we can work on, but we'd like to do a, a great job on these initial four uh, contests, and then hopefully it can snowball into bigger projects down the line and stuff like that. It's also time critical, too. Um, some projects take more uh, preparation and communication with organizations to get them going and stuff like that. So we can have those discussions now and then hopefully uh, build on it down the road. I think Bill would be very proud. He would be, yeah. Yeah, he would be. Are you still looking for people to get involved, uh, Ken? And if if they wanted to get involved, how, how would they get involved and how would they learn more about the, the alliance? The best way to do it is... Um, there's a website that's been recently launched. They can obviously email Karen Hover at info at bgracingalliance.ca. Those would be the best ways of getting in touch with, uh, you know, what the purpose of the alliance is and the different projects we've got on the go. And the harness racing industry is funny in the sense that uh, everybody kind of knows everybody in some way, shape, or form. So once people read the initial press release that the alliance was off and running, um, you know, quickly we started receiving notifications and emails and phone calls and texts because people knew Bill and uh, they knew how wonderful a person he was and what his purpose was. After he retired from working the the daily grind, he still never came off the gas pedal one bit. You know, mm-hmm. he, he made it his purpose to, uh, you know, keep promoting harness racing in whatever way he could. So people realized that and People knew Bill, and they just knew how genuinely great he was. So they're very quick to offer help and assistance, whether it be helping at a uh, an open house or something like that that we're hoping to have at some of these racetracks across Ontario or um, in any way that they can. They just say, you know, if, if, if you can ever use me, uh, give me a call, and we'll definitely help you out. So that's that's awesome. And Larry Simpson, you know this firsthand. What are your thoughts and your memories of Bill? Probably he took a chance on me. I was going to uh, Humber College, and I needed an internship program. And he was the uh, 
uh, marketing director for the then Canadian Trotting Association. So he uh, he hired me for three months, and I guess he liked me because he uh, he hired me full time. And then Bill and I had uh, you know a, a, a good relationship uh, right up till about a couple of months before he died. And unfortunately, he died during the COVID era, right? Uh, right, Ken. So. Uh, um, you know, there was very, you know, you, you couldn't, didn't see much of people around then. And, and I didn't see Bill for, you know, quite a while after that. So Bill owned horses. We, we owned horses together and he, he would come out generally on the weekends or on training days and stuff like that. He just loved coming out and seeing the horses himself. And he loved talking to people about them. He, he was just so proud of them. And I miss him dearly. I've got, mm-hmm. uh, an issue of Trot Magazine in my office here at the farm. I have a look at it every day, and I keep one in my office at work every race night and stuff. I'm just so thankful uh, that he uh, he was a great partner in the ownership with me on these horses, and uh, more importantly, he was a great friend. He, he was a great friend to my father, and that's how I got a chance to meet Bill. And uh, I love talking about the old stories with Bill, about uh, back in the Greenwood days and uh, Garden City days. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't around for some of that, so I had a chance to live vicariously through Bill's eyes and his recollections, and I just love those old stories. And Yeah, I, I miss Bill dearly. Oh, and was there a pearl of wisdom that he imparted, or were there just many pearls, enough to make a necklace? A lot of necklaces. <laughs> he, he had lots of them. He, he didn't generally have a lot of opinions. He just, he, he was very supportive. He was one of those people. He did more listening than talking, but when he did talk, people sat back and listened. I was one of them. He, uh, he was just one of those guys. I can hear his voice now just as I'm talking to you guys <laughs> thinking back to. I purposely saved one of his voicemail messages. I just every now and then I'll go back and listen to it just because uh yeah, he was he was just one of those one of those people. Um you always put a smile on your face. Yeah, he he did. So let's uh let's uh, talk a little bit about uh Woodbine Mohawk Park now. Uh you know, the you're getting into basically the spring summer stakes meet and that uh what are you what do you look most looking forward to uh, in stakes races this year, Ken? Well, the North America Cup comes up in June. That's our richest race of the season for Pacers. Um, it's a fun time of year because those horses are just slowly starting to show back up in qualifiers. Uh, some of them will show back up in races here in coming weeks. It's a seasonal game. You know, we, we go through the winter blahs. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's not super super exciting racing the quality of horses aren't what we're used to in the spring and the summer and the fall but you look forward to different times of year this time of year because those three-year-olds are starting to come back and then before you know it the two-year-olds the new wave of superstars they'll be coming out in june so it's a it's a fun time of year and ken how do you personally prepare as as you're you wear i think wear many hats at woodbine mohawk park but the essential hat how do you prepare for that I just uh, try and stay abreast of everything that's going on. It's it's not just local racing to follow. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you've got to stay on top of what's going on in the United States. We do a lot of reading, different articles where people uh, catch up with the trainers and the owners of some of the star two-year-olds from last year. And we're interested to, to see on how they're coming back this year at three. So there's lots of ways to stay in touch. All the websites do a great job of covering that. Uh, there's different publications. There's your radio show. <laughs> everybody everybody does great things in keeping people updated. So it's just a matter of finding the time to be able to do your research. Well, before we let you go, uh, Ken, just quickly, 
how are your horses? And uh, also, if people want to get involved with uh, Bill's Alliance, uh, how do they do it? My horses have got a stable of young horses for the most part right now, so I'm looking forward to this summer. Uh, it's a fun time of year because you're starting to go faster with them. When the weather gets better, you're able to go a little bit more speed with them. The tracks are nicer, and uh, you know the weather's just more conducive to going quicker with them. So um, it's the waiting game. You, you just hope you come around the month of June and you've got something that uh, shows a little bit of promise. And hopefully we've got some of those. We'll see what happens. As for the Bill Galvin Racing Alliance, uh, again, reach out to Karen Hover. Uh, her email is info at bgracingalliance.ca. Uh, a website's recently been launched. Uh, there's press releases that have been sent out throughout the uh, standard industry. Um, lots of great ways for people to get involved and uh, stay on top of what our uh, what our projects involve and uh, how they can get involved if they'd like to either be a volunteer or assist with some fundraising or make a donation. You know, Ken Middleton, we wish you all the best in your many endeavors and hoping for a really great season in its entirety, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. My pleasure. Thank you so much. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine jockey Sky Chernets joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Soon to be friend of the show, Woodbine jockey Sky Chernets joins us for the very first time, and we're so excited about that. Sky, you might say, is always up for an adventure in the off-season, even during the season. Let's find out more about this globe-trotting explorer. Sky, welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Fantastic to have you with us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I guess the first thing we'll talk about is after you uh, finished riding in December, you went to Thailand for uh, uh, quite a while. Uh, why, why the decision to go to Thailand? And, and you know, tell us what was it like, and you even went to a day of racing there, correct? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to go to Thailand just because, um, well, first off, the weather for our off-season. It's, it's amazing, and... Um, it's just a really free spirited country. You can, there's a lot to do and to keep entertained. So when I was doing my research, it just kind of checked all the boxes. 
And then, um, yeah, and then when I found out they actually had a race course in Bangkok, I arranged the schedule so was able to go to the races since they only do it twice a month every Saturday on the Saturdays. So, yeah, it was incredible going to the races there in a city that has 10.5 million people. Wow, that must have been incredible. So I think that everybody wants to know how and why you became a jockey, and does it run in the family, Sky? Um, That's probably why I wanted to become a jockey. My mom was a jockey, um, so I grew up on the racetrack, and um, it just kind of, it was very fitting. (laughs) I want to go back to uh, Bangkok, and... Besides the five million people that were there, what was the other differences in 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 the say riding at uh, Woodbine and watching the races in in Thailand? There actually wasn't much difference, no. you know. Um, you know, they ran everything the same. There's, you know, they go through the paddock, they go on post parade, they warm up, they have a mild turf course. Um, I was I was actually really shocked at how similar everything was, mm. you know. So here's the burning question. Do they have female jockeys in Thailand? I did not see any. Hmm, interesting. But um, I don't think there's any uh, like bias against it. And besides Thailand, you basically spend your off-seasons traveling all the time, correct? So talk about some of the other places you've been. So I've been to New Zealand, France, uh, Israel, Brazil, Jamaica... Mexico. Yeah, I think that's about it. That's a lot. Oh, Dubai. I went to Dubai. Yeah. And and why? Where is that that need to travel? Where does that come from, Sky? I always love experiencing new things. I'm always like I get bored very easily, so I'm like I need to keep my mind occupied. <laughs> And every place that you visit, do you check out, as you just told us in Thailand, do you check out horse racing in each of the cities or countries that you visit or go to thoroughbred farms? Tell me about that aspect of your travels. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see how different countries, like, do racing. Like, I know in, in New Zealand, they take their horses to the beach and they train them, they swim them in the ocean, and that's a very popular thing. So that was super cool to experience that. And then, like, when you go to Brazil, they um, they don't ride with saddles in the morning. So they're riding just kind of, like, on this pad. And um, so that's very different, too, and interesting. And it's just neat to see how different countries, like, train their horses. and But yet they still race the same way that we do. And you were in Thailand for, was it seven weeks? So yes. How did how did you put in your time? Uh, like you said, you went to the races one day, but what did you do the rest of the time? Like sightsee or? Yeah, so I never um, like stayed in one place longer than three days. I was always bouncing to like a new town or island and going to some more remote locations where it wasn't so touristy. And then you just kind of get the feel. You'd see temples or go snorkeling or you know, go to some museums and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, you just kind of get to see the whole country. And so how does that desire to be a globetrotter fit in with your job and your passion as a jockey? Well, it's super great because of our, our Woodbine meet is long enough to make a living. And then we get that time off where, um, you know, our meet ends and we have free time. So if you choose to ride elsewhere, you can. But for me, that's my time to travel. All right. Well, let's talk about your uh, riding career. I guess 
one of your biggest highlights was the, the winning the Sovereign Award for Outstanding Apprentice in 2013. Was that your biggest highlight of, of your career, or has there been some others? So far, that's the highlight, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm planning on making some bigger, better things coming along, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rewind even further. So you said your mom was one of the first female jockeys in Canada. Can we explore that a little bit? You, you, it sounds as if you were raised trackside. What do you remember about living in, in the horse racing industry and being raised in it? Oh, I mean... When I was little, I would find any excuse in the book to come to the track with my mom. Like, I'd try to play hooky from school or, you know, any every summer day I was there. So it was just, like, very natural for me to be there. And, um, you know, my mom had horses at one point. So I was just always wanted to be there with the horses. And uh, it just, it was second nature, basically. And you also... Uh, started out when you were six in show jumping, correct? Yeah, I, I played, um, I had show horses because I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. in uh, Manitoba and my dad was a polo player. So I, I got a, you know, a pretty good introduction to horses. And so how did you end up being a jockey? I mean, there were lots of options, obviously, and a lot of influences in your life, but what made you decide that being a jockey was what you wanted to do? I was just so addicted to the racehorses, like just the fast pace. And I don't know, there's just something about a racehorse for me that was just so intriguing. And, you know, it's, it's a little, de- you know, it's obviously a dangerous sport, but it's, it's, there's just such a rush. Like it's, it's nothing it's like nothing else. And we know from speaking with other jockeys that size matters. Did that fit for you size wise? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky, you know, so I'm, I'm not naturally super lightweight, but I'm light enough to make weight. And, you know, as long as I work hard at it, um, it, I was lucky that I stayed small enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about your career a bit. And uh, let's talk about 2022 season. And, you know, how did, how did you, uh, how did you do in 2022? And is there anything different you want to do in 2023? Yeah, so 2022 was a pretty good year. Um, it was one of my better years as a journeyman. Uh, I started to get into more barns and ride for new outfits, which was a good stepping stone. And um, then towards the end of 22, I, I hooked up with a new agent, um, John Parente, who took my book. And it was towards the end, so we didn't really have a lot of time, but we're starting 2023 together. And uh, I'm really looking forward to him being my agent and us working together. You know, there aren't a lot of women jockeys in Canadian horse racing, but those who are there, like you, are spectacular. You've been in the industry, in this part of the industry, for more than a decade. Have you ever run into difficulties in terms of of being a woman in what was predominantly a, a man's world? Uh, definitely. You know, I think we have to go through... Um, you know, some some things that male riders don't face, some challenges, and uh, there can definitely be a bias, you know, that females aren't as strong or we're not, you know, as tough. Um, so, you know, you definitely have to deal with that. Um, but at the end of the day, you just kind of have to prove to people that you are capable and 
you know, we can get the job done just as just as well. And I have something to say to you. The sky's the limit. And, and it certainly is applicable when it comes to what you've just talked about. The sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have to be positive. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, you were talking about, you know, being a, a female jockey and that. Was somebody like Chantel Sutherland a big influence on you? For sure. I, I really admire Chantel. She's She's obviously a very good rider. She's been very successful. She knows how to market herself, and she's a nice person. So definitely she's a big inspiration. I've got to tell you, we will be watching you very closely this season. Uh, what are your expectations? What are your hopes and dreams for the 2023 season? Um, I just want to ride for more people. I want to get into more outfits, and I really want to win some stake races. And does it mean a lot to make your mom proud and your dad? Uh, definitely. I mean, they're my number one supporters. So, um, you know, it's, it's just so nice having them a part of it. Oh, Sky Trinettes. You're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sky, (laughs) (laughs) Sky, thanks for doing this and, and good luck in 2023 with your career. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks Sky. Okay. Bye-bye. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
And before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing Betting Gems, that means you are a diamond in the rough. Very rough. Very <laughs> rough. So let's get right into it. Let's go to Keeneland. They have an 11 race card today, including the Grade 3 Lexington, which is actually the final Kentucky Derby points race. And they also are hosting the Grade 1 Jenny Wiley Stakes, which is a purse of $600,000 for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and up. And that's at a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. And this is where you're going to find our ponies pick. Uh, number nine, White Frost is the one that I like in here. White Frost ha hails from the barn of Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott and is making the all-important third start off the layoff today. Trainer Mott has been very patient with his lightly raced mare with only two starts this season that saw a win on January 26th at Gulfstream, and this was White Frost's first race since November of 2021. Off that January Gulfstream win, Mott saw enough in White Frost to enter her in the Grade 3 Honey Fox Stakes at Gulfstream, again at a mile distance, and White Frost rallied from ninth place to finish second, beaten only a neck. White Fox should enjoy the mile and 16th distance today, She's worked four times since the Honey Fox, the last two are back-to-back -back five furlong works, and trainer Bill Mott hires champion jockey Frankie DeTore to ride today. White Frost is also one for two at the distance. There's lots to like, so Keeneland race 10, number nine, White Frost. Gulfstream Park has an 11 race card today, and race five is a maiden special weight for three-year-olds. It's a mile and a sixteenth on the turf, and it's a purse of $50,000. Nine horses have been entered, including number three, Saint in the City, who, as would have it, hails from the Bill Mott barn again. Uh, also, Saint in the City had one start last year at Saratoga and didn't show a lot, but that race was on the dirt, and I believe that Saint in the City's pedigree is suiting more for grass. And he actually proved that on February 25th when Saint in the City debuted as a three-year-old at Gulfstream and finished a decent third. Although Saint in the City was beaten nine and a half lengths in that race, he actually left from the tricky rail post and raced on the rail throughout. Bill Mott has worked Saint in the City three times since that last start. He adds blinkers today, which should help him stay focused. And I should add that when you really drill down on this guy's last race, it's not as bad as it first looked, as the winner of that maiden event was an extremely talented horse by the name of Carl Spackler, who actually won by eight lengths. So Gulfstream Park, race five, number three, Saint in the City. Woodbine Mohawk Park has another uh, 13 race card tonight. And race 12 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $22,000. Number one, Emmett's bunny came from a way out of it last week, where from the seven hole, he was at the time eight lengths, eight, he was racing eighth, 11 lengths behind, but closed rapidly in the stretch to finish second, beating three quarters of a length. In that race, Emmett's buddy paced his last half in 53 and three with a final quarter in 26 and three. The race before last week's, Emmett's buddy won very easily a class lower, and this was after missing some time as well. Emmett's buddy has been a bit of a win machine, winning 7 of 16 last year and 3 of 10 so far in 2023. And at only four years of age, he does have some upside. I'm looking for another good performance tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 12, number one, Emmett's buddy. And then finally, the Meadowlands has another 14 race card tonight. Race four is a one-mile trot, purse of $12,500. Despite a couple of eight post draws, number six, Shinkansen, has been performing quite well. Two races back at tonight's same class, Shinkansen from the eight hole closed from eight to third, missing the win by two lengths. Last week at a class higher, Shinkansen attempted to go wire to wire 
and tired in the stretch to finish seventh. Racing on the lead last week and closing off the pace two starts back is a sign of a horse that's in very good form and sitting on another good performance. And if that's not enough, check out that driver change tonight to all-world driver Dexter Dunn for the first time. The Meadowlands race for number six, Shinkansen. Larry, that was so great. You do an amazing job. Someday we must explore how you come up with your ponies' picks of the day. And thank you. I appreciate that. And a big thank you and a shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. And goodbye and thank you to all of you who have been listening to us. We really appreciate it. This edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was recently released, please email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to this very worthy cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.